Welcome one and welcome all to the PFN Fantasy Podcast, DFS edition here on this Friday morning. I'm Derek Tate. You can find me on X at Derek Tate NFL. That is Kyle Sapi. You can find him on X at Kyle Sapi PFN. We are officially at the midway point of the NFL season. We've got a DFS special. We're doing our normal DFS podcast today, Sapi, but we're also adding a couple things to the very end of it. We're going to be together for like 45 minutes to an hour. I'm super excited about it. How about you? that's what the people want. I mean, they come here for the fantasy advice. We'll get your DFS content. We'll we'll take care of you there. But we're we're men of the people here. We try to help everybody. So if you've got questions about Germany, we've got a firepower battle there. You've got a hell of a Sunday night game, and then Monday night is what it is. But it's not part of the main slate. So we'll cover everybody. If you play fantasy football, this podcast for you. Absolutely. So speaking of which, we want to go to always want to come out firing for our DFS podcast and start it off with our stack play of the Sunday slate. Soppy, who you got for a quarterback wide receiver stack heading into the week nine slate? Yeah, I think there's a little bit of flop leg to be had here. I mean, the Texans, we saw them come out of the bye. We saw them lay a big old egg against the Panthers, get them their first win of the season. And now it's like every like CJ Stroud hadn't done two months of good work prior to that. He threw up a stinker when we all thought he'd be great. Okay, it happens. It happens to everybody. Patrick Mahomes has done it. Jalen Hurts has done it. Josh Allen's done it. Everybody does it. C.J. Stroud, no exception. But he gets a bounce back spot this week against your Buccaneers. We're talking a team that throws over 70. The Texans, over 72% of their yards come through the air. Over 72% of the yards the Bucs give up come through the air. He's got a concentrated target share or target tree. So I'm going to... You could double it up. You could triple it up if you want. C.J. Stroud with Nico Collins, Tank Dell. It does save you quite a bit of money. Nico and Tank don't come cheap, but C.J. Stroud, you're paying down enough at the quarterback position. It opens you up elsewhere. And, I mean, you're talking about a guy in Nico Collins and Tank Dell that combined for over 50% of the non-Robert Woods targets over the first month of the season. And we don't think Robert Woods is going to play. So if you think a lot of this target targets are going to be funneled to those two in a pass-heavy situation... I think you could do a lot worse than stacking up the Texans this week. There's another thing to mention about how this game script is probably going to play out against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm in the line of thinking with you with going with C.J. Stroud and because I don't think the Texans are going to have much success running the football against the Tampa nope. Bay Buccaneers who have traditionally been a little bit stout. And the Texans have just struggled as a whole to be anywhere near productive on the ground throughout the 2023 season. So I understand it. I do think that Nico Collins... And Tank Dell against the secondary can produce some chunk plays because we've seen the Buccaneers have some communication issues and even just give up huge performances to opposing wide receivers. I'm interested to see how C.J. Stroud handles Todd Bowles and his aggressive defense Mm -hmm. this week. So certainly a lot of boom-bust play there, but C.J. Stroud is certainly someone who is capable of putting up a big performance against the Buccaneers' secondary. My tater special for the stack of the week for me, Bryce Young. And Adam Thielen, I'm going to go against the Indianapolis Colts, who they're a very weird team to try to figure out, but they don't blitz very much. (laughs) In fact, they have the lowest blitz rate in the NFL, which for me feels pretty good for Bryce Young and being able to find and pepper his favorite target, Mr. Adam Thielen, who has one of the highest fantasy floors in all fantasy football this season. He's His price point is finally starting to climb up a little bit, so it's not like a pay-down option where I, I loved him earlier this year, but he is still someone with Bryce Young in a game that has been... It's hard hard to predict the game flow of the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, yeah. I could see potentially the Carolina Panthers coming off of their first win 
of the NFL season and potentially being able to build off that against the Colts. Now, who is the running back that you want to stack with the likes of the Houston Texans for week number nine? Yeah, I'll go the other way in your same game. Same general thought here in that this Carolina offense could get going a little bit. And I'll go Chuba Hubbard. I mean, we saw with Thomas Brown calling the plays last week that it was Hubbard and really nothing else. I mean, Raheem Blackshear had five touches to Miles Sanders, too. That, that tells you all you need to know that he's not committed to the cost of Miles Sanders. Chuba Hubbard had 17 touches in that game, so he's clear in a way the number one option. You mentioned this Colts defense. This These Colt games have been out of control since Minshew took over. 199 points total over the last three weeks in these games. I want a piece of that. I don't necessarily believe in the Panthers' offense in a big way, and if you want to stack those two, that's fine. Adam Thielen seeing a third of the targets. Like I get where you're going there, but I, I kind of want a, pe- a piece of this. I want a piece of Colt games right now until this changes. Tuba Hubbard's a way to do that. They have a positive rush rate over expectation. I think that continues. Hubbard, if he gets 15 to 20 touches, I think pays off this price tag rather easily. Yeah, the price tag is the most intriguing point, strictly because, you know, Tuba Hubbard, even though he did essentially take the lead role, feature role in that backfield last week where Miles Sanders was just phased out completely and Hubbard was the guy. The efficiency still wasn't there on the ground, but could that be a little bit different against the Indianapolis Colts at this price point? It's worth finding out. Mm -hmm. Speaking of struggling and efficient options, uh, or inefficient options, mind you, I'm going to go with Rashad White. I'm going to stay in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers-Houston Texans game. The reason being, yeah, nine carries last week, 39 yards. That was actually one of his most efficient games on the ground against the Buffalo Bills. But... Over the last two weeks, he has seen 13 targets. He's caught all of them. Uh, 65 yards in week number seven against the Atlanta Falcons through the air, and then 70 last week against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, While Rashad White is not a – I don't think he's a dynamic runner on the ground. He runs with a little bit too much patience behind a makeshift offensive line to really maximize his ability to produce on the ground. But he is a very – High-quality option out of the backfield. They're starting to pepper him with targets. So at his price point, if he gets a little bit of touchdown equity in this contest, Rashad White could definitely return on value uh, where he is slated for this Week 9 DFS. Definitely with you there. I mean, it's a PPR scoring format. He's caught 29 of 30 targets this season. Like, it's how efficient their handoffs, but they're worth more than that because he's catching all of them. Obviously not a great run. I mean, he can have – it's a good run defense, which means the passes are going to be there. And he's still getting over 13 carries per game. So it's not like we're talking old school, like, theoretic, where it's like, oh, yeah, he's a pass-catching option, and it's two to three carries maybe on a good week. So you're talking – he has a clear path to 20 touches, which is really all you can ask for. 82 snap – or 82% of the snaps last week against the Buffalo Bills. He is the guy in that backfield. So you can feel confident that, you know, even if the carry numbers fluctuate because they're inefficient on the ground so far this season, he's still heavily involved and seeing plenty of work and is highly efficient in the passing game, a reliable option for Baker Mayfield. Speaking of reliable, you can rely on the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel and the podcast to be pumping out content for you for week nine and beyond for the rest of the 2023 NFL season. So if this is your first time coming across our YouTube channel, subscribe, hit the like button, click the bell. So you get the ding, ding, ding. I don't want to be redundant. If you're just listening to the podcast, so you don't have to stare at my ugly face for 30 to 45 minutes on this one, just rate and review. We really appreciate all the love and support. By the way, speaking of tools and content that we're producing, go over to profootballnetwork.com and take advantage of our DFS optimizer, our fantasy trade analyzer, our start sit optimizer. The links are in the description 
of this podcast show. Check that out. It is a fantastic tool. We are constantly updating our rankings to make sure that we're that tool is fully up to date so it's optimized for you for your fantasy football lineup. And speaking of optimal situations, we've got a super draft promo that you need to know about. So player prop players, listen up. The NFL is back, and Superdraft has an exclusive free play to win up to 100 times your entry for PFS listeners. Imagine this. Patrick Mahomes' current passing yard prop is just half a yard. Half. Just one single passing yard against the Dolphins for Patrick Mahomes, and you're a winner. Now sign up now. Score an instant $20 deposit bonus on deposits of $20 or more when you use the promo code PFN. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to smash a winning player prop entry. Claim your free play and bonus today. So let's go ahead and return to our DFS lineup. We're optimizing it right here for you on this podcast. Sapi, weird quarterback slate. Who do you got? Who are some of the quarterbacks that you really like for this week nine Sunday slate? Yeah, it's a super weird quarterback situation because we've got a lot of backups and then you've got the four teams on a bye. And then look at these island games. I mean, we're missing Mahomes and Tua. They're in Germany for the early game. You've got Burrow and Allen on Sunday night. And then you've got Justin Herbert on Monday night. There's a lot of ugliness, for lack of a better way to say it. I, I don't know. I was trying to think of a creative word. I'm not, not a wordsmith over here. I play with numbers all day. I don't do words. So either way. The high-end quarterbacks are few and far between. So if you're going to go that direction, you need to understand that it's going to be chalky. There's going to be a lot of people on Jalen Hurts. There's going to be a lot of people on Lamar Jackson. Lamar is my guy of the two if you're paying up. That's the way I'd go against Seattle, the third-worst red zone defense in the league. Lamar coming off a bad week. It is what it is. They blew. They didn't blow out Arizona. They were up the entire game against Arizona. Game flow hurt them a little bit there. Gus Edwards, a couple of short touchdowns. Whatever. I'm not worried about that. I would go Lamar. Over uh, Jalen Hurts in the pay-up spot at the quarterback position. But again, you're running into a lot of ownership that way. I'd rather go down. I mentioned C.J. Stroud earlier if you're not going there. Sam Hall against the Patriots. He's got multiple pass touchdowns in three of his last four games. And he's got a 10-yard run or longer in five of seven games. So, I mean, you're talking a guy that's got enough mobility to kind of pay the fantasy bills that way. He's having success through the air. They're throwing the ball all over the place. He's got four games this season with at least 27 completions. So there's a lot to like in that at this price point if you're going to get off the top tier. So I'm all on board with Lamar Jackson. think that he's set up for success against the Seattle Seahawks. Sam Howell had a monster game against the Philadelphia Eagles. We don't know what's going on with that defense on the back end right now. They are struggling. I hesitate a little bit. I understand the price point is right for Sam Howell, and certainly he's the QB8 right now in fantasy football. I mean, certainly the man is playing way above what his price point has been all season long on the DFS slate. So I'm, I'm on board with his price point. I just would like to stay away from Bill Belichick game planning against a young quarterback if possible, but I understand the Sam Howell pick. If I'm going top shelf outside of Lamar Jackson, I'm actually intrigued by Dak Prescott. Um, Building off of a 300-yard passing performance, four touchdown passes, he's going up against the Philadelphia secondary that just gave up over 300 yards and four touchdown passes to Sam Howe and company. So I'm, you know, am I a little bit worried about Dak Prescott kind of regressing a little bit in a big, big game and they haven't played all that great against some of the elite level player or teams this season? Sure, but... The price point in a weird week, Dak Prescott kind of intrigues me. And then if you're going clearance rack, we're going with one of these backup quarterbacks that are making the start this week. I still believe in Aiden O'Connell 
of the Las Vegas Raiders. Look, they could not get the football to their wide receiver duo of Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers last week. I think that changes this week against the New York Giants. Aiden O'Connell, in the again, we're going back to the preseason, and he he's looked okay when he's gotten his opportunities during the regular season so far this season, but not great. But I think he actually has more success against the New York Giants. I think that this kid has the processing ability, plays on time, plays with confidence. He looks the part. I think he has a, a pretty good game against the New York Giants, and he's less than $5,000 on your DFS um, price point. So that's my clearance rack guy if you're looking to pay down at the quarterback position in a weird week. Soppy, moving on to the wide receiver position, the player pool. Who stands out heading into week nine Sunday slate? By definition, if we're going to complain about the quarterback position, the wide receiver position is going to take just as big a hit here because you don't know who's throwing them the ball or have any confidence in it. But I think that I think that gives you the chance at some leverage at the high end, guys, because people are going to pivot and say, oh, he's got a backup quarterback. I'm not paying $8,000 for a high end wide receiver one when I could get a guy who I know his quarterback's throwing him the ball. Like you mentioned, Dak Prescott. It's like, ah, oh, I could go get a Brandon Cooks. Like, yeah, I'm not thrilled about Cooks, but it's like, yeah, I know who's throwing him the ball. I'm, I'm out on that. I don't want any part of that Dallas passing game unless it's CD Lamb. But I'm going to go Cooper Cup. At the top of the board, it's not a name that's going to shock anybody, but I don't think there's going to be much ownership there. So you're talking leverage on the field with one of the best in the game. I understand Matthew Stafford. It doesn't look like he's going to play through this thumb injury, which means it's a Brett Rippon experience. Okay, that's not a great way to spend most Sundays, but you're talking Cooper Cup. Like I said, one of the best in the game. Green Bay, sixth in blitz rate this season. So the ball's going to be coming out fast. And you know who the ball comes out fast to? Cooper Cup, because he's always open. Puka... Puka Nakua dealing with a little bit of an injury here. We don't think it's going to hold him out, but if he's at all limited, could this be one of those weirdo 12-target games, even from a bad quarterback, from yeah. Cup? He's going to get – I mean, he's priced in the same range as C.D. Lamb and A.J. Brown, two guys that are going to be complete stacks for people that you like Dak. A lot of people are going to be on Hurts. So I don't think – you're playing the ownership game. I'm not going to pretend to know what Brett Rippon is going to do. But at the ownership level, I think he gets – I think he get off of – Chalk here, Cooper Cup, a nice value, a nice uh, a game theory play for me this week. Game theory. I, by the way, that's a heck of a YouTube channel, by the way, if you've never seen their stuff. Uh, but I, I'm with you with Cooper Cup. It's 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 a weird play. It's just strictly because of the uncertainty under, uh, under center. But that, you already mentioned, means probably low ownership for a very, very, very talented player capable of going off on any given week. So speaking of low ownership, I don't think you're going to see much ownership for Demario Douglas, I'm going with a very, very pay down option. Okay. Kendrick Bourne just uh, suffered a season ending injury. He looked like the de facto number one in recent weeks. Uh, I mean, he led the, the Patriots in pretty much every major receiving category. So we've seen an, a slight bump in usage from Demario Douglas over the last two weeks, 62% of the snaps against Buffalo. Then last week against Miami, 77% of the snaps, seven targets. I know five receptions for 25 yards, not much to get excited about. But does his role expand against a Washington Commanders secondary that is allowing an average of 36.9 fantasy points per game? I think it could. I think that they're, they've proven very capable of having issues tackling dynamic playmakers after the catch and just ho holding them in check 
on a regular basis. So that matchup against the Washington Commanders certainly stands out. Is there anybody else at the wide receiver position that you want to touch on before we move on to the running back position? Yeah, we'll get to a few more here, but not to mention Washington's missing their defensive guys because they just felt like trading everybody away. So that doesn't <laughs> hurt either. They're Bad defensive stats aren't going to get any better here. Chris Olave, he's obviously burned everybody in DFS season long and just about everything up to this point. But I'm going to trust the volume here. Again, he's one of the few high-end quarter or receivers that has a quarterback that's at least healthy and playing. Say what you will about Derek Carr. I'll take him over Brett Rippon. So we, we're at that point of this week. He's got a touchdown or 10 targets. There's been a touchdown or 10 targets, excuse me, against opposing wide receiver against the Bears in three straight games. He obviously fills that void. I get that Shahid's had his moments. Michael Thomas is there, but Chris Olave is the number one. He leads the league in unrealized air yards at this point. I think he starts realizing some of them against a bad Bears defense. And Terry McLaurin, if I'm stacking up Sam Howell, Terry McLaurin, 32 targets over his last three games, starting to get some separation and usage as the true alpha wide receiver one that he finally is being acknowledged at. I get that New England's tough. If I'm going Howell, you, I, I'm going to stack him with somebody. Terry McLaurin's his guy lately. Yeah, I mean, whether it be him or Jahan Dotson or Logan Thomas, if, if, if you believe that the commanders are going to keep throwing the football as much as they've been throwing it recently, then yeah, you want to stack them with somebody because they're all reasonably priced. Uh, all of these commanders pass catchers are. Alave, the only thing that just concerns me is like, how much Derek Carr is throwing the ball to I Alvin know. Kamara. And that's, you, know, you mentioned the other receivers who are a part of this equation yeah. as well. But yeah, the, the check down to Kamara, it's just too enticing for Derek Carr to pass up sometimes. So let's move on to the running back position. Uh, kind of who are some of the players in this player pool position pool that you really, really like heading into the week nine Sunday slate? I'm going to go DeAndre Swift for the pay up guy. You get to get off some of this chalk. If people are going... With Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, and Devonta Smith, or even Dallas Goddard, there's not going to be a ton on Swift. People will want to pay up for the expensive quarterback because there's not much there. So I do think you get some leverage off of Swift. With a banged-up Jalen Hurts, Like we could be looking at fewer rushing attempts. We saw the season low in rushing yards last week. Swift, obviously, is the beneficiary of that. Does he get the short line scores instead of the tush push and all that good stuff? It's possible. He's got at least 18 touches in five straight games. So I do think the floor is elevated, and I think the ceiling is higher than normal with Hertz banged up. You mentioned Rashad White on board with that. And if I'm if I'm paying down a little bit, getting a little, getting a little gritty here, I'm going to go Alexander Madison. Nobody's going to want to play anybody from Minnesota. I get it. Kirk Cousins out. The running game isn't anything exciting. Jordan Addison, obviously his stock is falling with the backup quarterback in town there for at least one more week while Dobbs gets acclimated with the system. But Madison was a guy last week, 44 to 17 snap advantage over Cam Akers and the run game should be featured. I mean, we're talking Jaron Hall. I don't think they're asking him to throw the ball 35 times. So if you get an ugly 20 carries at this price point, that's fine by me. Yeah, that Atlanta-Minnesota game, I don't know how much there's going to be the, the passing game is going yeah, to be anything. featured, scoring, anything of that nature. I mean, we got Taylor Heineke making his first start as a member of the Atlanta Falcons, Jaron Hall making his NFL starting debut. Both teams probably want to run the ball, and this could turn into a low-scoring affair. But uh, the Tater special for me, uh, paying up, I am already mentioned Alvin Kamara, his, his, just, his targets – uh, and involvement in the passing game is just through the roof, which in this format on this week, he is somebody worth, if you want to pay top dollar, him going up against the Chicago Bears, I'm all about that. But clearance rack option, 
Amari DiMarcato is dealing with an injury. He mispracticed both on Wednesday and Thursday, which means somebody has to see the carries out of this backfield. I understand it's against the Cleveland Browns defense. I understand that the ownership is probably not going to be that high because we don't expect the, sure. the Arizona Cardinals to score that many points with Clayton Toon under center. But could they try to lean on the running game? against the Cleveland Browns, who we don't know what their quarterback situation or what their offense is going to produce. Could this be another low-scoring game where the running game is featured? Keontae Ingram is a name that really jumps out to me in this contest because they had to actually go and sign Tony Jones Jr. to the active roster, which probably means DeMarcado is not going to be available this week. DeMarcado did see 20 carries. So, I mean, there is some volume potentially if the Cardinals and the Cleveland Browns game is not very high-scoring. Could he fall into the end zone? Could he see, uh, you know, a career high in carries or usage? I think he could. And that price point for Keontae Ingram is one that certainly intrigues me. I love it. I mean, the touchdown, you basically get your day paid off. So you're not asking for much and it does open you up to do a lot of other things. So I like the angle. Speaking of the angles, we got the tight end position. Who you got for the week nine Sunday slate at the old tight end spot? Oh, the stupid tight end spot. The stupid <laughs> tight end spot in a week where Travis Kelsey isn't playing doesn't get any easier. TJ Hawkinson's got a backup quarterback trying to get him the ball. This is this is not pretty. I I would think Mark Andrews probably garners a lot of ownership just to right. complete the Lamar Jackson stack and is one of the big three tight ends that's on this slate, but I'm not going there. I'm going to go down further. Jake Ferguson. I do think he's the number two option in Dallas. I mentioned not trusting receivers, not named C.D. Lamb. I think they're going to be behind in this game, so they got to move the ball. I mean, Philly's eighth in pressure rate this season. Those checkdowns, dump-offs, could we see one of those six-catch games? I think we could, and they own the seventh-worst red zone defense. So if he's getting six catches with touchdown equity, I am here for it. And Logan Thomas, I keep going back to this commander's offense. If they're going to drop back 50 times, I want pieces of that. Even if you don't have Sam Howell, I think Logan Thomas, a fine guy to have in your lineup, touchdown or six targets in five of seven games this season. And the, the checkdowns are going to be there. He's got the lowest ADOT among the primary pass catchers there in Washington. New England's going to get after him. He's gonna They're going to be fine, but Sam Howell's been productive. If he can move, Logan Thomas clearly has his trust. That's enough for me at the brutal tight end position. Yeah, speaking of brutal, I mean, if you are going top shelf and you are able to use some of these other pay down options, I'm fully on board with just stacking Lamar Jackson sure. and Mark Andrews this week. I'm on board with it. I understand that'll be chalky, but... You know, there's a reason why it's chalky because those type of points are hard to come by at this position. Uh, so if there is a position I'm willing to pay up for, it's probably at the tight end spot with Mark Andrews this week. But if you're going clearance rack, you know, might as well go with the the discount double check, you know, version of the stack with Aiden O'Connell and Michael Mayer. Why okay. not? Sure. Because I, I still believe in this young man as a talent. Um, you know, if, if the Raiders are going with a youth movement, you know, after firing Josh McDaniels, and they're, they really want to get a, a closer look at not only Aiden O'Connell, but they also drafted this kid in the second round, Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. You know, why is the reason why we're not going to see more usage from him? Why not get a grade on him, get an idea if he truly is your tight end moving forward, if that's where the Raiders are in their 2023 season. So those two options certainly intrigue me, one at the top of the board and one at the very, very bottom. Moving to the defense, who do you got for the Week 9 slate? You were talking top of the board and very bottom of the board. I'm literally going with the highest-priced defense and the lowest-priced defense as my two options here. The Cleveland Browns at the top of the board. I don't think I need to convince anybody that the best defense in the league going against something named Clayton Toon is a pretty decent option. It's not the end of the world, but, I mean, 
the game theory part of that is paying up for defense is something nobody likes to do. And if you're, I'm putting a lot of stock in these top quarterbacks being highly owned. If that's the case, nobody's going to have money left over. They're not interested in spending up a defense and they're not going to have the money to do it. So that means you could pay up to be different here. We're talking a defense that has three, at least three sacks in four of their last five games. I expect that to very much be the case if they can get out and in front of this Arizona team, which I kind of think is going to happen no matter who plays quarterback for Cleveland. They're just the better team. They put Arizona in a tough spot going way down the board. It'd be the opposite side of your uh, Aiden O'Connell stack here. It would be the Giants. Listen, I don't think the Giants defense is any good, but they've got 10 sacks over the last two weeks. You get a backup quarterback. Like you said, they're going to try to throw the ball because they've got the weapons to throw it. They want to see what O'Connell is. they got nothing to lose by trying to throw the ball here. The Giants have allowed under 20 or 20 or fewer points in three straight and four of their last five games. I think they could pay off the bare bottom price tag here. The only negative is that they're going to be chalky. So understand the chalk defenses aren't always the greatest to land on. So if if you have it, I would try to pay up and at defense and pay down elsewhere to get off of the field. So I'm I understand your thought process for both of those. So I'm not even going to try to combat them. I'm just going to try to get a mulligan for the Atlanta Falcons defense who was going up against the Tennessee Titans last week. And I was like, yeah, I think that, good. you know, yeah. Will Levis is going to struggle a little bit and have some four growing touchdowns. pains. Rookie, you know, you know, <laughs> yeah, NFL starting debut and he throws four touchdown passes with no picks. So look, do I think the Atlanta Falcons defense is a world beater? No, I don't, but I, I think that they're better than they played against the Titans last week. So, you know, Jaron Hall, I don't think he's as talented as a prospect as Will Levis. Certainly doesn't have the arm because barely anybody has the arm that Will Levis has. So I expect a better performance, maybe a bounce back performance from the Falcons against Jaron Hall and a Minnesota offense that's really going to have to try to figure things out on the fly without Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins uh, for the first time in a very, very long time. So do we have any... Spicy hot takes for DFS before we transition to kind of taking a look at the island games um, heading into week nine. Yeah, so hear me out here. We've got a week with a lot of low totals because we've got a lot of backup quarterbacks. It's a lot of nothing on the board this week. And to me, that that inspires creativity. That might be the nicest way I could uh, could describe this slate. It inspires creativity. So I'm going to say you just onslaught this Texans-Bucks game that I was going to earlier with the stack. We've got concentrated targets on both sides. So you go with the triple stack with the Texans. You've got Stroud, Dell, and Collins. And you bring it back with the two guys that see targets. The only two guys, two receivers anyway. You mentioned Rashad White. That's fair. But the two receivers that see targets are Evans and Godwin. They're going to see 50% of the looks in what I expect to be a pass-heavy script both ways because neither team can run the ball. So if they're shooting this thing out, you're talking 40 to 45 dropbacks for both quarterbacks. Give me CJ Stroud, Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, all in one big old happy family lineup for all the money. I would love to see the Buccaneers offense produce to the point where you feel that confident putting both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in your lineup. We'll see if that's the case. I I'm just going to stay on Aiden O'Connell, my hot take of the week. I think he rewards the Raiders decision to put him into the starting lineup. I really believe in this kid. I'm not going to go as far as to say he's the Brock Purdy of this 2023 NFL draft class, but if there was a quarterback that I thought had a chance to be a quality pro that was later in the draft that looked kind of like he has some of the symptoms of a 
a quarterback that can have success as far as processing and playing on time. To me, it was Aiden O'Connell. So I'm really excited to see with I know there's a lot of moving parts with no Josh McDaniels, but maybe that's a good thing. Maybe a new voice, maybe a new fresh start. Maybe things get moving in the right direction, and maybe this team rallies behind Aiden O'Connell. Island game preview. This is my island. Yeah, that's a Braveheart reference there, Safi, from the movie. Sorry. Um, So, look, Kyle Yates, the great Kyle Yates, he is tending to uh, a, a little one of his that's not feeling the best. Our thoughts are always with him and, you know, the little one. I'm sure he's going to be better and feel great over the weekend. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and handle looking at some of the games not on the DFS main slate for you season-long players to make sure we get all the coverage to preview all of these games. So we'll start with a banger, Soppy. I mean, not very often do I, like, make sure that I'm tuning in and watching every single snap of the London game because sometimes it feels like these London games are weird. But we've got our we've got ourselves a Germany a battle in Germany that is going to be super exciting between two premier quarterbacks in the National Football League. One's coming off of one of the worst performances of his NFL career in Patrick Mahomes, and then Tua Tungavailoa and the Miami Dolphins. What do you see for this contest? It starts at 9.30, so make sure to get those players in or out of your lineup. Yeah, make sure to set your lineups. And But I don't think there's going to be much roster setting that takes place here because if you don't have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Travis Kelsey, all these guys in your lineup already, then – I, I don't know. You're playing a different sport than I am here. So you're playing pretty much everybody you got here. Rasheed Rice has been my guy for about a month here. I don't think it slows down. We'll have a same-game parlay on the site featured all around Rasheed Rice and how he can cash you big tickets to start your Sunday off right. He's my wide receiver 24 this week. I've got him in all lineups that I have him. 9.3 yards per target this season in the Dolphins. The past six games they've played, it's been the wide receiver or tight end that you would think would be the top producer has been. They've been able to They haven't been able to slow down the top option. I understand Travis Kelsey is there, but Rasheed Rice, pretty clearly the number one receiver in this offense. I think he gets a piece of that action in a pretty significant way against the Dolphins this week. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how this Miami Dolphins defense evolves with Jalen Ramsey now back into the fold. But, you know, certainly we've seen teams have some success on the back end against the Miami Dolphins this season. And I'm Someone has to emerge from this, well, we think, someone will eventually emerge as a very reliable option. Rice has been the best of the bunch at that wide receiver group for the the Kansas City Chiefs. Sky Moore just cast him off to the phantom zone because until he can catch a pass, uh, it it feels very frustrating to watch a guy that I was kind of high on with his profile heading into the NFL. It just has not come together quite yet. Let's move forward to the primetime game. Boy, do we have another matchup between two premier quarterbacks the buffalo bills josh allen taking on joe burrow the cincinnati bengals soppy are the cincinnati bengals in their offense back with a healthy joe burrow under center i think they are man i mean with how good they look last week coming off the bye joe burrow's running around he's creating plays he's getting jamar chase and t higgins involved what's not to like with this offense they're selling around 18 20 to one to win the super bowl right now like I don't think there's a level of confidence that you can overdo on this offense, given what we've seen from them in the past. I mean, they they came into the season thinking they were one of the elite. They had six, seven weeks off. It didn't look good. Joe Burrow was getting ramped up, if you will. But after the bye week, this team is clicking, and this is a good spot against the Bills defense. It's all sorts of banged up to flex their muscles. So I think you're playing Joe Burrow. I think you're playing Jamar Chase and T. Higgins with confidence. On the Buffalo side, 
Gabe Davis to me is a locked and loaded top 24 option. I've got him at wide receiver 18, which is as high as I'm ever going to put Gabe Davis in my ranks. We saw him dial back the A dot a little bit, which elevates his floor. And Cincinnati has the highest opponent A dot in the league this season. So you're, if you're telling me I'm going to get a handful of short targets to make up for a floor or any risk that it, I incur by starting Davis, but I still get access to the ceiling with those deep plays, I am in on Gabe Davis on Sunday night. I'm very intrigued by Gabe Davis. The problem is, is he reliable? Wow. If they use him like they did against the Bucs, then yes. Yeah. Then yeah. Then Gabe Davis is a bona fide top 20 guy if they use him like they did against the Bucs moving forward. I hope that that's the case for Gabe Davis because we've all – I've been very high on him. I, I've, I love what I've seen when he gets the volume. It's just that maddening consistency. It's the first time he saw over 10 targets all season long against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll see if he can build on it. I'm definitely very intrigued. 18 is aggressive, but certainly I'm, I'm not going to scoff too much at it because of what he's capable of doing. We got one more game. This one does feature one premier quarterback in Justin <laughs> Herbert. The other one, not quite so much, but there have been some encouraging signs from Zach Wilson and the Jets offense recently soppy. So this Chargers Jets contest where do you see some of the like some of the intriguing fantasy plays coming from this Monday night matchup? See, there's two premier quarterbacks in this game, but one's not playing. Aaron Rodgers will be watching this <laughs> game, so there's there's that. Hopefully, we get to see him at some point this year. But I, to me, this comes down to Josh, Josh Palmer and Garrett Wilson, two guys kind of on the flex radar for me. Josh Palmer has looked great in the number two role since Mike Williams went down. Mm -hmm. But if I have to pick. Between these two, I think I'm going Garrett Wilson. I mean, you get the Chargers defense allowing a league high 7.8 yards per pass attempt this season. Garrett Wilson, clear, far and away, the number one option in this Jets passing game. What that means is kind of TBD, but he's seen at least a dozen targets in three of his last four games. And 13.6 yards per catch over his last three shows us a little bit of upside that we didn't see early in the season. So I think he's trending slowly in the right direction. I do like Palmer too, both top 30 guys for me. But if I'm picking one over the other, it would be Wilson over Palmer. I agree with, I think Wilson's arrow is pointing in the right direction. And this matchup certainly on paper is one that I think Garrett Wilson can have some success with. It's just, you know, it's always a question, you know, which Zach Wilson's going to show up. Um, but certainly, even if it's not perfect as far as efficiency goes, the overwhelming volume over the last, you know, three out of the last four games has been there for Garrett Wilson. So I think the upside's there. I think there's a floor that's also there for him uh, in this contest against the Chargers because I do think that, you know, Justin Herbert and them are going to put up some points against even a quality Jets defense, which again means game script wise, we should see the Jets having to throw the football, at least in some capacity, to try to keep up with the Los Angeles Chargers. So I'm with you there. Two very interesting wide receiver two type plays. Uh, I'm with you, Wilson over Joshua Palmer. All right, that'll do it for this extended episode of the DFS podcast here on the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel and the PFN Fantasy podcast. Again, if you have not yet done so, if this is your first time coming across the channel and you stayed all the way to the end, Go ahead and hit the like button. We really appreciate it. Go ahead and subscribe. Click the bell so you get notified every time we drop a new bit of video content here on the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel. If you're listening via podcast, make sure you rate, review. We really appreciate all the love and support. Again, go to profootballnetwork.com. We have the DFS optimizer, the trade analyzer, the start set optimizer. So many tools to help you dominate your fantasy football league for week nine and beyond. 
That's Kyle Soppy. You can find him on X at Kyle Soppy PFN. I'm Derek Tate. You can find me at Derek Tate NFL on X. And until next time, everybody, good luck. And later, says the tater.